The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, viewers and listeners, and welcome back to The Influencers Edge we have a very uh, fascinating guest, to say the least, and I had the honor and the privilege of meeting her in person. What was it, Jennifer, a few months ago? Yeah, about two, three months. Three months. We've been waiting to speak again. So our guest today is Jennifer Deepstraten, and I got the pronunciation right the first time because I read books. So Jennifer has a extensive bio. She's so accomplished, we had to shorten it. So Thank you for for helping me out here. So I'll just read it. Difference-making entrepreneurs hire Jennifer to add an additional six and seven figures of high-profit, high-impact revenue. She helps to craft high-value and high-end offers that are so hot, we want to talk about that, that clients can't wait to buy them and the skyrocket sales, whether you're selling on the phone or from a live event. I really want to talk to you about that distinction. She also provides select clients with her turnkey sales team and top-notch strategic sales coaching for your next three-day live event. In the last two years, she sold over 10 million. I'll say that again, ladies and gentlemen. That's 10 million smackers in high-ticket offers for her clients. Her clients include eWomen Network, JJ Virgin, Alna, Alna Vincent, and Bo Eason, as well as hundreds of other heart-centered, mission-driven businesses from around the world. Wow. Jennifer, wow, wow, wow. You are accomplished. Thank you for being on the show. Let's talk. I want to circle to something right away, which is live events. Live events were dead for so long, so very long. So, and what is the, when someone's going to sell a high-ticket offer, isn't it easier to do it from the stage than it is from a virtual event because you have a more, what do you think is the distinction and what do you teach your clients about that? So in-person stage versus virtual stage. Yes. We, you know, we all had to pivot during the pandemic, no live events in person happening, but I will tell you within three weeks of the pandemic starting when people had to literally cancel their, their, live in-person stages to do virtual, we really adapted with a couple of pioneers in our industry 
the ability to take that three-day model and put it into a virtual model. And I will tell you that now the virtual model has been refined enough that people are selling almost, the sales conversion is almost just as good as it was pre-pandemic in the in-person stages. How did you get into the space of high ticket sales? Because this was not your original. Originally, you were corporate. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I mean, originally I was going to be a doctor, Paul, but, you know, the problem was I wanted to change medicine from the inside out, so nobody would let me into their medical schools. I would do my medical school interviews, and I'd say, I'm going to change medicine, and they're like, not here. So, uh, but I went into science, and I was in medical diagnostics, biotech, I sold equipment to veterinarians, did that for years. Can you unpack that when you say uh, medical science and biotech, because I know in your the yeah quite extensive biography that you gracefully helped me to shorten thank you very much i appreciate it in fact you shortened for me you are certified as a doctor in oriental medicine or what is what is your certification or you're <laughs> trained in that or unpack that because that's an yeah. interesting dimension well it's know. interesting because i i started out wanting to be a doctor like a medical doctor a western medical doctor um I had a lot of healing from acupuncture and oriental medicine, which is its own medicine. It's 5,000 years old, all in of itself, but not the same medicine as Western medicine. Uh, And so when I got to my medical interviews, I really wanted to be, and this was in my early 20s, I really wanted to take a much more holistic approach to healing because I could see that there was a huge amount of benefit that could be brought to people's health and healing if they were approached as whole beings because I'd, you know, I'd been in both sides of the medical system trying to heal my own systemic rashes. There was a point when I had skin rash, like 50% of my body couldn't concentrate, couldn't focus, couldn't work. So that was way long ago. And so I ended up not going to medical school and I went into science. Instead, I was in laboratory. I was doing experiments. And, I, and it was a natural progression for me to move into um, these biotech companies. So there's whole, you know, billions of dollars spent in biotech developing, you know, all kinds of research to cure all kinds of things, right? And uh, I went into sales I had a scientific background. I was pre-med, but I went into sales very early in my 20s because it was literally the scariest thing I could think of to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, this is what I said to you in the pre-interview, that if you say something that's fascinating or a gold nugget, I'm going to put a pen in it and ask you to tell more about it. So that's a very interesting orientation. Who was it in your life? Did you have someone to model who said run towards the scariest thing or did some friend or how did you get that orientation of running towards the scariest thing? I seriously don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What I, what I do know is that when I was in college, I didn't say hi to my friends who were in lab with me in the hallway, not because I was, didn't like them. I was just too shy. So the summer after my freshman year, I moved to Boston. I didn't want to go home. Uh, I was loving my freedom, but I had to get a job. And so I, there were no jobs at the time. There was a big recession happening in the country and lawyers out of job and out of jobs. And I find this job in the penny saver 
I get the job and I go to the job and the, and it's in a business park. So the, uh, here I am in the business park. There's like three, 10 other kids, all my same age, you know, 18, 20 years old and four leaders in the front and they get us all riled up all like, yeah, 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 yeah. We jump off our chairs and they fill up our bags with perfume knockoffs. And so the job I had landed unbeknownst to me was to sell perfume knockoffs on the streets of Boston. Whoa. So, <laughs> so, so totally legit and totally terrifying. And I'm like, I can do this. Well, I was terrible, Paul. I would walk up to people and I'm like, Hey, what kind of cologne do you wear? If you like Hugo Boss, you'll love Hugo Rush. <laughs> and so <laughs> I made. You're kidding me. That's a high ticket offer for a terrible pitch for a low ticket offer. <laughs> I was, I was, I was horrible. But so I made maybe enough money to get a cheeseburger, ride the subway token, you know, ride the subway back home. I did not last. I ended up rolling burritos the rest of that summer. Um, at, the, at the taqueria. Were, were you sad? And did you feel, uh, defeated and sad or were you thinking I'm meant for something greater I, I I'll push through this I don't know that I really had a conscious awareness of the at the time I think I was 18 oh, okay. um, but Not I'll so. tell you that there was a kid who was selling like $400 a week of this perfume and I remember asking him what do you do how, how are you doing that and he's like well I talked to 60 people an hour and I was like I can't do that. Like I'm this super shy, introverted person. I don't know how you're talking to 60 people an hour. I talked to one person an hour and it's like the same guy over and over again. Cause he also stands on the street corner selling hot dogs and we're friends now, you know? So I had to figure out a way to be successful and sell. And I guess a lot of people would just not have ever done it again. But to me, I was like, no, there's this thing I can't do. And that really drives me crazy. So this. when I got out of school and then I went to work in the science lab and then I had this opportunity to move up into a corporate sales position for one of the biotechs, I took it. I'm like, I'm going to figure this thing out. Wow. Wow. So how did you make the transition for working for corporate to doing this incredible coaching and teaching people how to do their own high ticket sales? Well, you know, I, I started out honestly in the biotech. I was not that good. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, you know, this shy person. And then there were some things that I learned along the way. And bless their hearts, they sent me to selling school. And I tried to follow the the official system that probably a lot of people have learned. You know, first you do this. and you, But it didn't work for me because I didn't know how to, it, it was too hard for me to be the pitchy sales guy because I'm this introverted person. And so there's a couple of things I learned along the way and very quickly became one of the top performers in the company that I worked, that I, the companies that I was working in. And one of them that I realized was that if you ask really great questions, your ideal buyers actually sell themselves. And it was much easier for me to ask questions than talk about myself or my or my stuff that I sold and so I got really good at it and along the way people would say to me like Jennifer you know I have never told like my customers they would come into their office come on in I got I have to tell you something I've, and I've never told anybody before 
And so I started to make these friends. And what I realized is I wanted to impact their lives in a much more meaningful way than just through the scientific equipment that I was selling them. And that's where it kind of got born for me. It's like, oh, I want to make a really big impact. I mean, the equipment's important, yes, but I want to impact their lives in a much bigger way. That's beautiful. And especially for an introvert. I could see an extrovert. This is just my view as an amateur psychologist. I can see an extrovert thinking, oh, I'm going to make a big impact on the world. Piece of cake. I've got the personality. I know how to charm people. But for an introvert to do it, it's a big leap. That's a really big leap. So kudos to you. <laughs> and also I wanted to ask, so what are some of the questions? Because salespeople, this is mostly salespeople, entrepreneurs, and then there's some people just like some of the other stuff we talk about. What are some of those questions that you learn to ask? Okay, so this is where the the scientist in me starts to come out. So one of the things that we need to understand is that you can actually, you have to reverse engineer your questions from your offer, okay? So I'll give you an example. When I was selling, the last job that I had before I left this corporate sales role and I started as an entrepreneur, um, I was selling research microscopes. So my customers were all scientists. Okay. The problem with selling microscopes, Paul, is that all microscopes make little things look bigger. That's, That's kind of really what they all do, right? So why is my microscope better than your microscope? Well, I happened to work at the time for the most expensive microscope manufacturer in the business. And when and scientists would get a grant to buy a large piece of equipment, they would bring in the big four all the four manufacturers, and we would put our stuff out in a room and we would have to demonstrate how great ours was in front of everybody else. And then those scientists would pick their favorite one. So because of that, I kind of knew already what my competition was going to say was wrong with my stuff, right? Because you kind of know, you know, if you get really um, more advanced in your own business, you start to see like, wow, these are, this is what my competition is saying is better and why they're saying it's better. How can I differentiate myself? How can I angle myself differently so that I look different, fresh and new, right? I love and it. so, and so that's what you do in corporate too, only they're super sophisticated with it because they, they have the same competitors. We saw the same people for a hundred years. So we knew they had this, you know, widget thingy and we had the widget thingy B, ours was better. <laughs> so, so what I would do is I started to learn that if I asked these certain questions, the scientists would actually say things that would be against what my competition had. They didn't know my competition was going to say that when they got there, but the scientists would have already said it. So when the competition came in and said whatever it was that was their pitch, the scientists would be like, yeah, but I don't want that because I already know because they talked to me first. You're clever. You inoculated them against your competition. Didn't I did. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's really it's not like a specific question though there are certain questions that are great for for all conversations my favorite one to open when you're doing a sales consultation is hey what made you decide to invest the time to speak with me today okay that's awesome so, because they're going to give you their reasons yeah and you already know you already have a sense of what it is that they're interested in so you're going to speak to that 
right? So I inoculate them against my competition. And I thought, oh, I know what my offer is. I know what the common objection is to buying my thing. How can I inoculate against that? And so that's what we do with customers now, with clients now is like, what is the key benefits of your offer? How is it different from everyone else? And then how do we reverse engineer questions to ask the client so that by the time you make your offer, they're like, how did you know I wanted that? How did you know I needed that? Oh my gosh. Well, because I asked you, but you can't be like, hey, um, what would it be for you if I gave you the best digital marketing plan in the world? Like people that ask these questions are so, um, it's so, people are too savvy to fall for it. Like one of my, I'll tell you my pet peeve, Paul, people say, well, what's it costing you to keep doing that? Yes. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> now like, you need, you need to say what you really think on this show. <laughs> well, I understand we're on the influencer's edge, so I can just say what I want. Say um, what you want. You can curse. This is not right? a family show. We don't care. <laughs> not a family show. So, so people say, oh, well, what's that costing? And I'm like, you know, this is so 10 years ago. People are so savvy now. It's a world economy. They can buy from anywhere in the world. Right, you just Google something, and there's ten thousand competitors for your very product. So you have to be that much better at everything, especially selling. And it, people are not falling for smarmy salesmanship; they just no. aren't. So you gotta like ask real questions, be inter genuinely interested, and you have to be clever enough to really understand what makes your offer better, what makes your offer different, and then you gotta ask the right questions. It seems to me so when you train your clients, one of the things you said is be genuinely interested. And I think that's a skill that people who are in sales, they're so eager to get the money and, and close the deal. So when you teach your programs and your courses and you do your coaching and the rest of it, do you have some module, or I don't know if you call a module, some part of the training that teaches how to be genuinely curious, or do you think that's just a skill you either have or you don't? Uh, it's called being a good human. <laughs> okay. No, so, re but really, I mean, the thing is about being genuinely interested. And this is like, I, I don't have to teach it because all of my clients, Paul, I mean, really are more interested in serving people with what it is that they do and yes. making a difference yes. than just making a sale. Yes. There are tons of sales trainers and sales coaches out there that will just teach you to close the deal. Yes. And I will tell you, this is about enrolling the right people and not the wrong people. Because I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a client that wasn't the right fit, yes. <laughs> I just it's not worth the money, one. right? Like pay them to go away, right? So it's about enrolling the right people, none of the wrong people. And the the... The awesome thing about it is when you really are committed to that, as opposed to getting every single sale, whether they're the right or wrong fit, you actually sell more. People can feel that you actually mean it. Yes. Care. And you actually end up selling more when you actually care and you actually are committed to, to the right customers and not enrolling wrong customers just for money. Yeah. It's funny you should say that. I just fired a six-figure client. I just couldn't take it anymore. Right? Not worth it. 
not worth it because he thought because he was paying me a good sum of money that I was his slave and that he could be or not show up with calls or, or put in his side of responsible. So I fired his uh, pos posterior, but I, I totally get it. It also seems to me that that's, it's, it's one thing to be selected about your clients and think I'm going to be impact minded and service driven when you're already doing well, but when you're first starting out and you really need those deals, it's a super act of courage. So what would you say to people, because there are people watching this who are just struggling to get to six figures, how, what would you say to encourage them to have that courage to turn down people who you, they don't really think they could be of service to? Remember that your value is priceless. What you have wow. to give the world matters. You, you know, we do get handed what it is that we stand for. If you stand for people being on time in your life, they're on time. <laughs> Whoa, you've got to say that again. We, we get handed what we stand for. And for. Wow, that would make a book. <laughs> that would make a great book. <laughs> well, and the universe, the universe is going to test you, right? You're like, I'm going to. I'm going to only enroll my right clients and I'm going to charge this much. And I will tell you, the universe will send you oftentimes a whole bunch of wrong ones just to see if you really mean it. Sounds it's like dating and relationships. <laughs> it's a lot like dating and relationships. I mean, the great thing about relationships, especially if you want to get married to a, a person, right? Is you only have to do it one time, but it's different in business. But I, I think it's a muscle that you start to really develop strength in. And I'm tested in this all the time, Paul, is, you know, people will, you know, Somebody will show up and I'm like, oh, I really, really, really like them. And I really, really want to work with them. And I really could have helped them. And there's this little tiny red flag going, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll bet you, if you look back at your six-figure client that you fired their posterior, there was probably a little red flag that went off when you oh, were making were the deal. Ones. Or big there ones. Were, there were big ones. I don't even want to get into it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was going to put all the money down up front for a little bit of a less price. Then he wanted to go on a contract basis. I don't even want to get into it because this show is not about me. It's about you. And, well, I and think, it's about the listeners, right? And, and we about do the that. listeners. Yeah. But you know, Jennifer, I think had you not had the courage to just say, I'm going to do something that scares me and I'm going to say no to the things that are comfortable. I don't think you could in the position of not, I don't just see you as a coach or trainer. I see you as a teacher. I think mm -hmm. you're a teacher beyond. Uh, and I think you were born to be a teacher. That's just my insight into you. And so I think as a teacher and teaching is an act of courage. There's a great book called teaching as a subversive activity by a guy by the name of Neil Postman. That's his name. He wrote it in the 70s. But I think that kind of courage is probably what helps make you an example to your clients because you can't move people from where you yourself are not. You have to stand for something if you want to teach it to other people. So I'm willing to bet that that decision you made when you were 18 years old probably built the person you are today you could not I don't doubt I'm not Jennifer I don't doubt you have the technical skills and you understand sales but I don't think you could be doing what you're doing today 
if you had not brought that courage forward. That's just my insight into you. I could be wrong. I don't think so. I think you're right. I mean, I think that's why I'm an entrepreneur. It would. I had a great job. I had a nice six-figure job. I was the only breadwinner of our family of four. You know, I lived in Southern California and I left all that for, I don't know what. I had, it was totally unknown. I wasn't an entrepreneur. I didn't have an email list. I didn't have a following. I didn't know where to find clients, but there was something, I think that there's a time in our lives when we might recognize like, there's something that I'm here to do. And I'll tell you, my husband and I laugh all the time. I said, that, that is scary. Like whatever is the next thing we're working on, it's scary. And one of the things that makes me, I think, real to people and real to myself is that I'm working on the next scary thing. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't be dead, right? Like old, you have to be living it, you know? So it's scary. The thing that we're working Please. on right now is like, well, like who Please, thought that was a good members, idea? Those of you who are entrepreneurs, if you think that you're going to live without fear and without, if you want to live without fear, and without uncertainty, go work for a company and collect a paycheck because it doesn't work that way. As an entrepreneur, you really do have to deal with fear and uncertainty as much as you do with the technical aspects of selling. But let's roll into this. I really want to talk about how you serve your clients. What are the basic things that you lay out? And, and let's define high ticket because high ticket for one person may be low ticket for another. So what is your definition of a high ticket uh, sale? And what is the general range that your clients come to you with their price points? Mm -hmm. So, so from a theoretical position, I would say high ticket is your premium offering. It's, it's the thing that makes you Nordstrom instead of Walmart. It's the six, you know, six step regimen skincare set for $295 instead of the eye cream, you know, or in coaching, it's your 10 or 20 or $50,000 offer instead of your $47 offer. Now, if you're in real estate, it's a million dollar house full commission and not the $200,000 house for half commission, right? So it is, like you said, it's completely relative. Um, I like to think of it as an opportunity to stretch ourselves to push our sales skills up. Like, why am I selling the cheaper thing? It's just easier. But what would it take to really get the top dollar, right? So it's stretching our sales skills as well as our own ability to receive more money, right? Like, oh, especially if you are selling your own expertise, you're a consultant or a coach or a healer or a, a doctor, or you're selling an expertise, it's very personal, right? It's different than selling a microscope for me, which was not so personal. I learned it there, but as an entrepreneur, we have to deal with it differently. As a salesperson or a distributor of something, it's, you know, well, what would it really take for me to show the value at this highest level and enroll people in the, in what it can do for them? And I think that's a, an awesome undertaking, you know, it's like sales hiding a personal development course. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. Well, I, it's hard for me. You're certainly not being introverted here today. I, someone who's uh, so sparkly and so sharp and so witty and so fun. I, I don't see it, but maybe I'm not getting it. This is a con. This is your jam. This is your, 
your place where you shine. So that's probably why I'm not seeing it. Or this is it. years of practice, Paul, of like not sweating too much. At least really? on the camera. I'm, oh yeah. See, I love the camera. Put a camera on me and I, I wake up after days without sleep. <laughs> so fantastic. Let's get to the, you've given us such a human side and I want to know just a few of the technical things you teach your clients. Yeah. Can you get into that? Some sure. Technical yeah. aspects that you teach your clients. Yeah. Well, I would. Here's one of the things that I would love to to um, talk about is yeah. the idea of showing people value, because like I referred earlier, you could be the Nordstrom or you could be the Walmart. And in my case, it was microscopes. All microscopes are the same. Why is mine worth more versus somebody else's? Who might be whose might be less? And I think this is really an important question because we might know on some level that what we have to offer is worth the price we're charging, but how do we show the other people, like how do we actually articulate to them that they should pay for it? Because at the end of the day, that's what they want to know. Well, why should I buy it? That's what they ask you. Why should I pay that much for that? You got to answer the question, right? So one of the things that we do is we start to, uh, I created a, and this is what we do with all of our clients, our brand new people up to our, you know, eight figure clients is we start to create a library of sales language, or you might think of it as sales positioning, but it's not just like a statement. It's a whole library of language that you have to have to position value. So think of like, a sentence has parts of speech, like you have to have a noun, you have to have a verb. Usually you need an adjective, right? To make a sentence. Yes. Same thing in sales, only we have five pieces that need to be crafted and you want to do it in a way that people understand. Like you're not, it's not fancy marketing language. It's stuff that resonates for people. So the way you tell stories, like example success stories, you need to be able to share it effectively and powerfully and quickly. Right. We, so we've cre actually crafted different things and we call them this, our quantum benefits where you have benefits that you're selling, but your benefits become quantum when each one is worth the entire price of what you're selling. Ah, aha. <laughs> uh -huh. So let me restate that. So your benefits become quantum when each benefit alone is worth the price of what you're selling. You better work on having some great benefits. That's you exactly better, right. You better each benefit has all five of these sales language elements. So you have to have a concept. You have to talk about why your thing is different. And you have to, it has to teach and sell simultaneously. This is fascinating because you're mm -hmm. talking to someone who's been studying neurolinguistic programming for over 32 years, 33 years. Awesome. So the idea of language, structuring consciousness, driving decisions, and shaping thought and driving decisions is exactly my jam. We're talking the same language, no pun intended. Did you study NLP? I haven't, but people who do NLP tell me that I'm doing NLP and I don't realize it. So, oh, you're totally doing it. You're oh, that's what we do. You're well, I was a bio, I was a biopsych major in college 
And I think just from selling and studying what motivates people to say yes, and then what do they bump into has been probably a lifelong study, you know? So like the concepts that teach and sell, I've been doing it this entire time. You know, I shared microscopes and how one, you know, two microscopes are exactly the same. They both make little things look big, but why is one better? Like I'm demonstrating why high ticket and what you have to do to be high ticket. Like that's a concept that I just shared with you and it taught and sold you on the idea, right? That you needed to be able to differentiate yourself. So, right. So, so when you know what those five pieces are and you craft them consciously, you're hitting I think, I mean, you'd have to tell me because you're the NLP expert. I think you're hitting the different areas psychologically in the brain yes. that has people be able to say yes. It's like yes. part of the, the storytelling. The, the neurobiology of selling uh, is That could be a book. That could be our book. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a book called The Psychobiology of Mind-Body Healing by a very yeah. famous hypnotist who looked at the studies of gene expression when people were in trance. And it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. Ooh. Yeah, it's a, I just saw the neuroscientist and you go, hmm, hmm. Uh, let's talk more about that. I like this. You, I get the feeling you were a straight A student. Is that correct? <laughs> I was. I, was. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Jennifer, thank you. I want you back on the show. Will you agree to, will you come back? I'd love to come back. I've, I've had a great time. I love your questions. Well, before you go, we, of course, my audience will write or email me kicking my ass if I don't ask how people can get in touch with you. Do you have gifts you're going to give them? What do they do to continue the conversation with you, to stay in the conversation? Okay. So the, I, I would highly recommend if you, if you want to continue this conversation along the sales training route, grab, I have a gift for you, which is called the Hot Offer Checklist. I want it. I'm writing okay. it down. Okay. <laughs> I'm and not choking. I'm writing it down. Uh, do you want me to share the link, the URL? Yes. Okay. It's hotofferchecklist.com forward slash podcast. And this is awesome. <laughs> that way we'll know that you came from Paul and that way we can take super extra special good care of you. Um, hotofferchecklist.com forward slash podcast. It's the 19 elements that need to be in an offer for it to be hot and really, and convert for you. And I really developed it because, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I just assumed all my offers sell. And then one day they didn't, I was like, what is going on here? And then I realized I missed a couple points. So I made myself a checklist. Now it's yours. Um, it comes with a little video training series, short video training series. So hotofferchecklist.com forward slash podcast. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for Jennifer. Honestly, you're an amazing guest, one of the best I've ever had. Would love to have you back on the show. Stay uh, with me because I want to have a brief chat with you after we have officially ended the episode. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jennifer. What a great, great episode. Thank you so much. You made my uh, afternoon. It's been a uh, interesting day to say the least. Uh, and we'll see you all again on the Influencer's Edge. Bye now. 
The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411321. That's COMPEL to 411321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack in sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.